Entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know what idea. <laughs> Diagnosis. I had an idea and then... Uh, Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know what that idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. It is a Tuesday afternoon, yes, our favorite day of the week, why, it's vent time, it's frustration time, it's a Tuesday, especially after watching last night's college football game, the championship between Michigan and Washington, we'll talk all about that, and a whole lot more today on the show. Jam-packed guest lists coming your way today, we'll recap it with our good friend Houston Nutt, coming down from Texas, oh yes. The former Ole Miss and Arkansas head coach will get his thoughts on what we witnessed last night in the college football championship game. Also, Paul Gutierrez, ESPN Raider Insider. Always fun with Paul because not only will we talk Raiders, we'll also talk NFL playoffs. And I'm sure that there will be a breaking, breaking two, electric boogaloo, and maybe even a Beat Street reference with my former breakdancing partner, Paul Gutierrez. He actually wasn't my far, former breakdancing partner. I used to breakdance on my own, just so you know. So that's happening today. Chuck Esposito will join us over at Red Rock Station Casino's executive director of race and sports. Always a, a favorite. So we'll have Chuck on today. Obviously, we couldn't have him on yesterday. We were on location at the Westgate, and uh, the party was on definitely yesterday. Uh, as uh, Jay Schrader came down to join us, Marco D'Angelo, my friend James Owens in town, the uh, former UCLA Bruins, San Francisco 49er, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, U.S. Olympian, he stopped by. And then uh, we watched the game last night uh, inside the world-famous Superbook. Big Mo, Paul McKeskey and company, C-Win crew came on down, had uh, uh, a big gathering last night to, to watch the game. So uh, always fun, great place to be at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. So you know we have a, a great time there on Friday afternoons and, of course, uh, you know special events, special occasions like yesterday. So I appreciate Jay Cornegay, John Murray, the entire crew, always uh, so good and gracious to us at the Westgate. So a lot to talk about today. but. Numbchuck, you know, I thought about you today because I was having lunch. Uh-oh. I was having lunch today. And I know that- Were you having it, Chinese? I never have Chinese. Okay. Why would you even say that? Why would you start to instigate something like this? Because it's fun. I know. <laughs> Actually, there would be no reason for instigation. Got nothing against Chinese food. I'm just not a big fan, you know? I'm a foodie, but I'm a particular foodie. Yes, I know. Okay. All right. No, shout out to, to my guys over at Freddy's. Uh, so my man Gio today. Now, tell me if I talked about this before. Did I tell you about what he what he did to the hot dog? Did I mention this to you before? I probably never mentioned it. I don't think you have. Okay, okay. If you have, I've forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably didn't. All right. So I have a new recipe, a new recipe for the hot dog, which I never would have thought about. So when I went to Freddy's last week, is it pickles and ranch? No, like, like that's, the pizza? that's frosty. No. And, and by the way, uh, the frosty update, 
he did show up at Slice at his own place on Sunday, but there was no specialty pickle ranch pizza. Okay. There was nothing there. He, he, he didn't do it. Didn't do it. Had the fantastic spread though. Yes. You know, with, with everything, with the wings to the, the tenders to the pizza to the taco bar, the taquitos. Uh, great crowd on hand. And again, shout out to, to Scott Frost and the great crew over at Slice. A great season that we had at uh, Raiders indoor tailgate party there leading up to the game. But no, that did not happen. Anyway, back to Freddy's. So I ordered the, my Chicago dog. Yes. The, the world famous Vienna all beef hot dog. And I should have saved this story for Marco because he'll appreciate this as well too. So I noticed when I when I bit into the hot dog that like wow, this hot dog is like really extra hot, as in temperature hot. Uh oh. And it had such a snap to it too, and it was good. So he comes on out, you know, Geo, the fine uh, general manager there at uh, Freddy's on Eastern in Silverado Ranch, and he says, "So what do you think?" I go. I don't know what you did, but you did something. But keep to, doing to this, it. This hot, exactly. Yes. So I go, he goes, what do you think? And I go, it's outstanding. What'd you do? Took the hot dog, flash fried it for about 15 seconds. Ooh. Yes, exactly. Ooh. That was my response. Flash fry, but no, oh, but wait, there's more. Then he puts it on the grill for about 35 seconds. Put in the, the bun, which is the Texas toast yes, bun. Yes. Ooh. Add the mustard, the grilled onions, deliver it to yours truly. Outstanding. Outstanding. How yeah. about that? How is this any part of Terrible Tuesday? It's not terrible. This should have not the, been I've got, on Terrible I Tuesday. I haven't got to Terrible Tuesday. I understand this. Okay. This is the good portion of Tuesday where we're smiling. We're saying it's our favorite day of the week. Okay. Like, I don't know. Because I, I had lunch today, so I don't know why I'm going there. But anyway, so that was part one. It's a one. normal day for you. Thank you had food. Thank you. Part two, and you probably didn't. Not yet. Yeah. Starving, slaving away with no food. No one brings you food around this joint? Am I the only guy that brings you food around here? Yeah. Okay. Or our good sponsors who, who come and deliver food. Exactly. All right. Our, our, our good friends after four o'clock who come in here and, and deliver food. Mm. Yes. Anyway, um, so today I go back to Freddy's, and what do I get? So today's the number five day. It's the rotation. You know, go the hot dog, the number five, the jalapeno pepper jack burger, right? You're going lefty today. You're going lefty, yeah. exactly. So Gio comes out and delivers me the tray. And he's like standing over me, like, okay, what what what, what am I doing here? So talk to him again about the hot dog. Fantastic. Open up the burger. He's got bacon on there. Ooh, okay. Add, added some bacon. Okay. Like, like, hey, here's a here's a little something for you. Like Okay, that's that's pretty good. You know, I like that. And then he unveils a big thing of chili. I'm going like, okay. Chili. Yeah, and a side of chili with the cheese and the side. He goes, it's a cold day. I thought you'd warm it up. And he probably overheard me talking to the, the girl who was taking yeah. my order because I was making a joke about, you know, because she goes, oh, you, you want to drink and all that. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, you know, I said, how about some hot chocolate? We need some hot chocolate on a cold day. Which they don't have hot chocolate. I was making a joke. They, Next don't have, thing, they don't have hot chocolate? I don't think so. They should. Everybody should. But I don't think most most places have hot chocolate that are of the fast food variety. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Too much so, work. So anyway, I, I get I get some complimentary chili that's thrown my way. It's like, wow. So I'm stuffed today. 
I'm full. That's a good but thing. But that's probably why I have all this energy. Yeah. Yeah, like something different, right? Yeah. So, uh, good stuff. All right. So while we're shouting everybody out, okay? Let's so, shout so we, everybody we, out. We, we uh, shout out Slice and Scott Frost, our Westgate. good friends at Freddy, Westgate, Philly cheesesteak, uh, for everyone last night. Out of boy. The Philly cheesesteak. Uh, you know, that was the recommendation. And then going back to Friday night, spectacular, uh, blue ribbon, cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Shout out to, to Johnny, Chachi, the crew there. Yes. Now, if you want to go to blue ribbon, which I know you do. Oh, by the way, Burline texted me, uh, you know, during the show about the chicken, wanted me to put a bet in for him for the Buffalo Bills future bet. Yeah. Yeah, of course, he texts me while the uh, punt return is going on. And, oh, yeah, I, I forgot to bet this. So, Berline, you're down. Don't worry about it. So, anyway, Nunchuck will probably just, you know, keep your money. He'll book it himself. Bingo. Six to one. That means you have to pay Berline 600 bucks. Nope. So, if you think that the Buffalo Bills will not, you can just book his action. Berline, I do not have your cash <laughs> at all. Have never touched it. Uh, not yet. All right. So, anyway, shout out. To, to Johnny Blue Ribbon, had a fantastic meal, went with the New York steak as well as the chicken. So I had to introduce, all right, our good friend, B-Sal, to Blue Ribbon. I saw the pictures of so, B-Sal there. So brought B-Sal down, and you heard what he said on the show Friday. Well, this better be good chicken. It better be good because I'm a chicken connoisseur, right? And how did he react? Oh, we had to get a second bucket. Of course you did. There you go. Yeah. So still undefeated with the blue ribbon chicken. Fantastic. We, we do need to find somebody that's yeah. like not going to like it. Uh, impossible. I know. Yeah. It, it, it's the best. So he was blown away. And then uh, got, also got to have dinner with number 12's parents. Uh-huh. Not Tom Brady. No. Not TV 12? Not TV 12. Oh. No, no, no. World champion back to back. Point guard. Point God, Thank number 12. Point God. There you go. Yeah. Chelsea Gray's parents were um, there, so we got a chance to to see them hang out. Um, you know, so it was a great night. Fantastic night at Blue Ribbon. So uh, shout out to my guys there. Okay, I think I got everyone shout out, right? That's good. Got, we got the food. We got the chicken. We got the steak. We got the Philly cheesesteak. And we got the jalapeno pepper jack and the hot dogs. Who says we don't like food? It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. (laughs) It's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right, the college football championship game last night where Michigan defeats Washington 34-13. to Oh, yes, we had all the hype, right? We had the battle of undefeateds, two 14-0 teams, eh? And the narrative kind of played out how it normally has in years past. What happened last night? Another blowout. Did I not warn myself... And everybody that was in shouting distance, my crew, that said, beware, because this could happen, because I still had that sick feeling in the back of my head, in the back of my stomach from last year, when TCU got destroyed by Georgia, 65-7, to and I said, please, let's at least have a ball game, let's not have this debacle. Well, guess what? It wasn't 65-7 to 
but it was the same thing. Bottom line was it was not a game. It was not a very good game. And sure, it was 17 to 10 at halftime, but it was downright ugly. Michigan, too strong. Better defense, better running game. Even though they kept Washington the game in the first half, the Huskies were no match. So now that narrative comes back to, oh, the Pac-12, let it go, let it implode. Washington, Oregon, these other teams will get obliterated once they go to the Big Ten starting next year. And here we go again. Pac-12 had no business being in the college football playoff. Shouldn't be in the championship game. Can you hear it now? Of course you're going to hear it now because let's remember, people watch the championship game. More people watch the championship game than they'll watch the semifinal games. And then, of course, they won't watch too much regular season football, especially the Pac-12 teams. So for a lot of people last night, it was their first time probably seeing Michael Penix or maybe only the second time, and they heard all, they heard all the hype regarding him. Well, and what they saw last night was, really? Are you kidding me? Well, here's what happened last night. Washington was held to one field goal in the second half. Michigan outscored Washington 17-3. to They thoroughly dominated the game. They had 303 rushing yards to Washington's 46. A total of 443 yards in all for Michigan. You had Michael Penix, who was inaccurate, missed wide-open receivers, had two interceptions, looked horrific. He got beat up. He got beat down. He was holding his ribs. Just terrible. Just terrible. The offensive line, pathetic. Holding penalties. False starts. It was ugly. It was downright ugly. Washington was thoroughly outplayed in this game. Blake Corum, phenomenal, over 100 yards. Edwards, over 100 yards. 303 rushing yards, like I said, for the Wolverines. So what does this mean? This means that there really is no true balance in the college football world. You have one or two teams each year that is dominant, and then there is everyone else. And now we say goodbye to the four-team playoff. We've had 10 years of the ten of the four-team playoff, and now finally we go to 12 teams. And everyone is applauding, thinking this is going to be good, and it will. It'll be better. It'll give you 12 teams, but we are still going to have the blowouts. Right? And now the NCAA is not sure if they're going to go with five automatic bursts or six automatic bursts for the conference champions. Whether they're going to have seven at large or six at large, and that's going to be a big deal. But that discussion will hold to another time. But here's what we do know. That, like last night, like last year, that the championship games, for the most part, stink. They're not very good. Let's go back to the history of the 10 years of the college football playoff. 2015, Ohio State beat Oregon 42-20. to 2019, we had a couple close games there in 2016, 17, and 18. We did. But then from 2019 on, Clemson 44-16 over Alabama. 2020, LSU 42-25 over Clemson. That game wasn't even that close. That was a 17-point spread. Remember Alabama 52, Ohio State 24? And how about in 2022, where we had Georgia beating Alabama 33-18? to 
Last year, Georgia, 65-7 over that TCU team that blew out Michigan in the semifinal. So that gave some people some hope. Well, maybe Michigan's really not that good. Washington had this great year. No. 34-13 last year. During the last 10 years of the championship game, the average victory margin in championship games has been 18 points. The average victory margin, 18 points. So we had two three-point contests in there, all right, going back about seven, eight years ago. Other than that, we had blowouts. And you know what? That's not even counting the semifinal games. We've had 12 of the 24 total CFP semifinal games that were decided by at least 17 points per contest, and we had plenty, plenty of 20-plus blowouts in that venture. So that's what you got going on with the college football championship game. Yes, it was disappointing, as usual, and it really kind of put a damper on the way we feel about college football moving forward because we got a little hype. Because like I said, just last week, we had both semifinal games go down to the final play of the game, and we thought we'd get a competitive football game. Instead, we got another blowout in crowning Michigan champions. Coaching changes. It's that time of the year, right? Coaching changes in the National Football League. Today, we got word that Tennessee got rid of Mike Vrabel. Fired after six seasons. Vrabel had a record of 54 and 45. It was a winning one. But he was 6 and 11 this season. Even though they had a very impressive performance, you talk about teams playing their for, for their head coach. We talked about that with the Raiders and Antonio Pierce. Well, the Tennessee Titans did that. They eliminated the Jacksonville Jaguars. And even though the final score was 28 to 20 in that game on Sunday, it wasn't even that close. Why the Tennessee Titans played for Mike Vrabel. Derrick Henry is phenomenal, over 100 yards rushing. But Mike Vrabel was below 500 for two straight seasons, and that got him axed. Owner Amy Adams Strunk. No, not that Amy Adams. Not the one you're talking about, all right? You know Amy Adams? Clint Eastwood? The Curveball movie? Come on. Why can't I think of that? The Curveball movie, where, where she was great. She knew her baseball inside and out. You don't remember that? Yeah. No. Can't hit, you know, can't, can't hit the curve. Beautiful movie. Anyway. I need to go watch that now. Yeah, she was in there with uh, Justin Timberlake. You don't remember the movie? No. He was a scout for the Red Sox. Clint Eastwood, her dad, you know, was was a scout. And then she kind of took over. Found this phenom, no. lefty. Nope. Taco nope. boy. Nope. You don't remember Popcorn nope. boy? You don't remember him? Nope. Oh, great movie. Now, now, now you have a movie that I need to go watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is it? The... Can't hit the curve. It's, that's not the call. The name of the movie. It's the curve. Whatever it is. Not, uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll it. go yeah. look it up. Yeah. Oh, love that movie. Anyway, that's not. So Amy Adams Strunk said this: As the NFL continues to innovate and evolve, I believe the team's best position for sustained success will be those who empower and align and collaborative team across all football functions. What is she saying here? Last year, we began a shift in our approach to football leadership and made several changes to our personnel to advance that plan. As I continue to assess the state of our team, I arrived at the conclusion that the team would also benefit from a fresh approach and perspective of a new coaching staff. Now, Mike Vrabel, 
you don't talk about Mike Vrabel in the lines of being a great football head coach, but there's nothing bad about Mike Vrabel. Like Antonio Pierce, Mike Vrabel was a great football player. He was a great motivator. Actually turned out to be a really good leader of men and knew what he was doing. Didn't he get 2022 Coach of the Year? Thank you! That's exactly where I'm going. Yes, he led Tennessee to -to back-to-back AFC South championships in 2020 and 2021 and earned the Titans the number one seed in the AFC in 2021 the same year, as you mentioned, Coach of the Year. Two seasons later, he's let go, and Amy Adams Strunk makes this stinker of a statement. What new... They had injuries. Your starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, was injured. You relied on Will Levis, first-round pick out of Kentucky, to be your quarterback. He's going to have learn on the job. You still got arguably the greatest running back in today's game in Derrick Henry. Now you don't know if you can keep him or not. You had DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the game. You stick with Mike Vrabel. You don't fire Mike Vrabel. But here it is, another owner that's saying, we need a fresh approach. What, he pissed somebody off? Did he do something wrong? Absolutely not. It's a joke that Mike Vrabel got let go by the Tennessee Titans, and they'll probably be worse for it. Other head coaching firings, Ron Rivera. Okay, we understand that. The Washington Commanders are a mess. Is Ron Rivera going to get another opportunity? We don't know. Four seasons in Washington. He's 26-40-1. Arthur Smith, good riddance. Another one of these guys that I talk about. Coordinator, trying to be a head coach, didn't work. Three seasons. Atlanta finished 7-10 and in each of those seasons. Well out of playoff range. Arthur Smith, 21-30. and Then, of course, we have the situation here in Las Vegas with Joshua Daniels. A season and a half, 9-16. and Will Antonio Pierce get that job or will it be someone else, like maybe Jim Harbaugh? And we will dive into that a little bit later with Paul Gutierrez. You have the situation with Brandon Staley, where he left, fired midseason, after the Raiders shellacked him. Basically, he was fired at halftime. Carolina, Matt Rule, let go midseason as well, too. How many of these jobs are really attractive? Now, the Tennessee Titans' job is attractive. The Raiders' job is attractive, and then maybe the Chargers' job. But anybody trying to turn around Washington and Atlanta with those quarterback situations, man, not good. But shame on Titans management, Titans ownership for getting rid of Mike Vrabel a little too soon and one of the good guys, one of the good coaches in the NFL. Okay, as DJ Cool once said, let me clear my throat. We have the NFL playoff schedule. We've all seen the NFL playoff schedule, haven't we? It's a pretty good schedule this year. Oh, yeah, it's it's a pretty good schedule. Let's start with that schedule. Cleveland's taking on Houston at 1.30 p.m. on Saturday on NBC. I'm going to skip over the next game for a minute. Sunday, we've got Pittsburgh at Buffalo on CBS at 10 a.m. I'm liking this triple header. 1.30 p.m., we've got Green Bay and Dallas on Fox. And then the nightcap, the Rams take it on Detroit on NBC. Then we have a Monday night game, which I'm fine with that. 
as long as the teams that are playing fine, because they'll have a little short week next week, Philadelphia playing Tampa Bay on ESPN and ABC. Then we go back to Saturday night at 5 p.m. Saturday at 5. What am I watching? You're not watching anything. Why am I not watching Because anything? you're not allowed to watch anything. Why? Well, knowing you, you'll probably find a way because I know you. You have ways of pirating certain aspects. Yes, I do. If can. you're looking on M- NBC, you're not going to find it. If you're looking on ABC, you're not going to find it. NFL Network? If you're looking on CBS, you're not going to find it. If you want Fox, you're not going to find it. ESPN, you're not going to find it. NFL Network? You're not going to find it. No. Because we have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins on Peacock. We have an NFL playoff game on Peacock. Why? You know what 90% of NFL football fans are saying right now? Why? They're saying not why. They're saying what? They're saying what is Peacock? Because no one knows about Peacock. No one wants to watch Peacock. But what does the NFL want you to do? They want to give you Peacock. That's it. They want to give you Peacock, and they want to shove that Peacock right down your throat. We don't want Peacock. You can have your Peacock. You can shove your Peacock. Because we are watching NFL playoff games on Peacock. Sunday night football. Buffalo's playing Miami on Sunday night. Did you notice anything that was happening? Were you listening? Were you looking at your screen? Because every break Mike Tirico came out of, he was doing what? Promoting his Peacock. That's what he was doing. Promoting Peacock. Pleading fans to buy Peacock. He was selling subscriptions, literally. Seriously, selling subscriptions. Get your Peacock subscription to watch this game. Did you hear how they were promoting it? It was ridiculous how they're promoting it. They're saying, be part of history and get Peacock. What do you mean history? What history? History that majority of people cannot watch the games? Why does the NFL not realize that believe it or not, this sounds crazy, but it's true. Look at the statistics. Look at the analytics. Then most people still don't have cable in certain areas of the United States. Football fans, they can't afford the NFL Sunday ticket. They can't afford these packages and still a lot don't have cable. I know it seems kind of weird in 2024, but that is still the case here. And streaming? What are the percentage of people that actually know how to stream or know what a stream is? You have people today saying, what is Peacock? Because they have no idea. It's a subsidiary, obviously, of NBC. And NBC has the rights to that game. But they are withholding it because they want you to spend more money and watch this game on Peacock. Yeah. That's what Mike Tirico was saying. He's selling subscriptions. He's warning fans because he knows it's going to be upheaval. And today and the rest of this week leading up until next Saturday night, people are going to be saying, what the heck? I can't find the game. What are we going to do? And at his words, okay, and granted, this isn't against Mike Tirico. I love Mike Tirico, right? It's sign up now and witness history. History of what? Can I call something right now? Call it. Next week, this exact time, yes, 
we will be talking about all of the issues that Peacock is going to be having. Oh, yeah. Buffering, overloading. There's no way. No way. Yeah. And again, you know, part of the streaming problem, again, you can't flip back and forth to regular channels. It's a nightmare. Yes. You want to subscribe to Peacock? Okay. So what? You can watch replays of figure skating, bobsledding, European or South African soccer, bocce ball, handball, snowmobiling. I'm on a roll. Replays of surfing. They do have one good thing. What's that? They have the WWE Network. Like I said, you are on the WWE Network. What? You are on I'm Peacock. On? Okay. Oh, you, with Rob Van Dam, the RVD special. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Still, I'm not buying Peacock. That's what Peacock is. NFL football? No way. No way should this be streamed. NFL is holding fans hostage. Plain and simple. You can't. That there's no way to sugarcoat it. That is the scenario. They're making you subscribe to a streaming channel. No one wants to watch a game, especially an NFL playoff game, on a streaming service. And it's nobody. Best game of the best game of the day. It's embarrassing that the top league in all of sports, the NFL, has succumbed to this chicanery, this travesty of holding you hostage. Oh, you can't watch the game. You have to subscribe to Peacock. Go over somebody else's house that has it. Go to a sports bar. Hey, there might be a lot of sports bars that don't subscribe to Peacock. Well, they're subscribing today. Thursday nights on Amazon? Ridiculous. We've had enough of this, all right? No more overseas games. No more Amazon. No more streams. No more mockery of the game on your Nickelodeon network. No. A playoff game on Peacock is absurd. It's ridiculous. And like you said, here we go. This is Miami and Kansas City. The highest scoring team in the National Football League versus the defending champs and the most popular player in all of the National Football League in Patrick Mahomes. And guess what? You're not going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to see it. You're not going to be able to see it. No one's going to be able to see it unless you want to shell out some money and then get, oops, buffering, oops, buffering. Oh, please stand by. Come on, man. We have gotten to this after all the advancements and beautiful moves by, you know, lifting blackouts, all of that kind of stuff, getting to a Sunday ticket package where you could watch whatever game you want via the regular airwaves or cable or satellite television and now you've got to go to a streaming service to get a play a football game oh yeah that's the history nbc mike tarico all you exec that's the history but wait till you see what your numbers look like and you got people in two big time fan bases especially kansas city they're saying what we can't watch this game no don't subscribe to peacock because what are you going to get for your peacock? What are you going to get outside of this football game that you really want to see? No peacock for you. We come back. We'll talk to Houston Nut. You got some terrible Tuesday takes. Hit me at TC Martin 21. 
We're going to recap that mess of a football game last night with Houston Nutt. The Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at the brand new venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Join us as we induct the class of 2024. NBA champion Matt Barnes, all-star James Donaldson, Major League Baseball's Nick Johnson and Leon Lee, and world champion triathlete Jamie Whitmore. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For all info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Hi, this is Dusty Baker, proud member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. You have to be there to see it at Thunder Valley Casino. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to T.C. Martin. And now I forgot what he told me to tell you. He's lying to you all. He's lying. All right, we continue on here on this Tuesday recapping. That mess of a football game that we saw last night, right? Oh, it's a terrible Tuesday edition of the show. And uh, let's vent a little bit more about that game. And let's hear from the coach himself, the former coach at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Boise State, and, of course, the CBS head coach, the retired CBS head coach, who was uh, watching this game last night. And I know he was texting me during the game. I think he was kind of happy because uh, he's now going to take full credit for calling the victory, yeah. even though yeah. he was uh, on a, at a Waffle House all week last week, waffling back and forth. The one only Houston nut. I waffled back and forth, but when it got right down to it, what did I say? I told you and Jay both, I'm leaning, I'm going with Michigan. Much as I love Michael Penix and those receivers and the offense, I'm going with Michigan. Why? Because they run the ball the best, and they stop the run the best, the best defense. Got to give it to them. Got to give it to Michigan, TC. Got to give it to them. Man, you are right. I, I give it to them. I just, again, I, I just, remember I said yesterday, I said I was really on the fence with this game, and I started off leaning yep. towards Michigan, and then, I don't know, man, if I was drinking the Kool-Aid or what, but I, I said I did not <laughs> want to fall into that trap like last year with TCU. Now, now, granted, this game was not sixty-five to seven like Georgia beat down TCU, but but Houston, it really had that feeling. It was one-sided. I mean, the the final score was a twenty-one point victory for Michigan, thirty-four thirteen, but it was seventeen ten at halftime. But I don't know about you, while you're watching this game at halftime, did you still feel like, wait a minute? I mean, Michigan should be up by by seventeen to twenty right now, and they were letting Washington hang around. But you're right. And for everything you said, I'm going to give you all the credit, brother, all the credit, because the running game, superior. The yeah. defense, superior. And what right. the heck, man? Why didn't you Why didn't you pound it in our heads earlier in the week? Because <laughs> I was like you. I started drinking a little bit of that Kool-Aid watching these guys that went 14-0 as well mm-hmm. go up and down the field and think, wait a minute, maybe Michael Pennish can get this done. Uh, because he can throw under duress. But I tell you, this was a different type of duress last night, man. He got beat up. But going back to what you said, though, TC, it's 17-3. to And do you remember what happened there about midfield? He had the punt yeah. team on there. Then he takes right. a little time out. So, wait a minute, we're going for it now, buddy. And it doesn't. It kind of flipped it. It flipped the momentum big time. Right. It could have been. It should have been. If you're Michigan, you're sitting Michigan. Oh man, because I know his father. I coached against 
uh, Jim Harbaugh's father, he was at Western Kentucky. I was at Murray State. You left Murray State off, too. Don't, I, don't I, do that. I, I know. I know. I should. I don't. I, I forgot. Hey, the racers. We love the racers, right? Blue and gold. Right. Blue and gold, the racers, aren't they? There you go. There you go. That's it, buddy. But anyway, what I'm saying, I guarantee you, Jack Harbaugh was saying, hey, hey, Jim, punt the ball, man. It's 17-3. to three. Pin them back down. Your defense is off. So, at worst, Michigan, you're thinking, we're going in the, in the locker room 17-3. But instead... Let Michael Penix and guys get that touchdown seven seventeen ten different game now. Yeah, yeah. No, so right. I'm like you. I'm thinking, okay, here comes Michael Penix now. They're fixing the. You know, I've never seen him miss that many balls ahead of receiver wide open. I've never seen him miss one like that. And, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. What was it to the credit of Michigan and their DBs, or or, or was it just the the harassment that he was suffering. I think it's the harassment because remember we talked about this yesterday in, in the last couple of weeks that you know Mich- that he doesn't get sacked. He only got sacked ten times all year, and we're thinking like, okay, hey man, he's got those big Samoans. He's got that big offensive line, right? He's going to be protected. His offensive line was terrible. Not only were they not protecting him, but they were jumping off sides. They had false start penalties. We had holding penalties. I mean, he was yep. under yep. duress, and and you saw him in that fourth quarter, Houston. He was beat up. Penix was Uh-oh. just beat up, and I think that's the key, right? He did not have the time, and then when he did have the time, how about when he missed the the open receiver on fourth down? The, he would have oh, walked in the end zone there in the first half, right? Exactly right, and that's not like him. I've watched him all year long. He 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 made throws all year long, and so. That was a little bit, a little bit different. That, that wasn't like him. It's, it's not, not uh, like Michael Penix to miss open receivers. But as you said, though, this is the first time now. By that fourth quarter, now he was throwing and ducking. Now this, this guy was getting hit and hit. I thought, I thought eventually, I thought there towards the end of the fourth quarter, I thought they'd take him out of the game because he's limping and uh, he was hurting now. So uh, defense of Michigan, just uh, man, they, they're just they're outstanding. When you look at and Michael Penix, do you think that this may have dropped his draft status a little bit last night? I tell you what, it, it's gonna it's gonna raise a few eyebrows. Now, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, coaches and scouts that 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 surely believe in Michael Penix. There's no question about it. But this is one game where you say, oh, and and what's tough is you know when you've had two ACLs uh, and now. You know, he boy, he gets beat up last night. That's gonna that's gonna be a factor as well. But I, I think that he's still he's gonna be drafted. There's no question. I don't know how high, but he's definitely he's gonna be drafted because the body of work, the body of work, the way this guy's perform, uh, there's gonna be a team that's gonna take a chance on Michael Penix without question. No, he's uh, he had a fantastic regular season. He had a fantastic yep. uh, career going back to his time in Indiana. As well as Washington, like you said, you know you got the surgeries, but just when you look at him last night, yeah. it was the biggest stage. It was the biggest game of his career against the best right. defense that he's faced all year. And I, you know, again, it's probably not going to affect his draft st- status too much. But like you said, I, I think it has to raise some eyebrows. Like, okay, yeah. you know, the accuracy isn't there against a top flight defense. And let's face it, I mean, Michigan's defense was number one. All season long, there's no question, you know. And let let's see what you can do against the best in comparison to those Pac-12 defenses that he faced all year. I mean, there are a lot of cupcakes in there as well, too, you know. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's it, for me, um, 
I just saw some flashbacks going back four or five years ago when he was at Indiana that said, mm, okay, this is going on again. Because remember, at Indiana, it was basically him and nobody else. I mean, he had a couple decent wide receivers, right. but you right. know that's why he transferred. That's why he got out of there because nah, he wanted to, to go to a better program. He needed a fresh start. But uh, yeah. what we saw last night was was not overly impressive by him or really anyone for that for the for the most part uh, as far as Washington. Oh, I know it, I know it, and uh, that's where you got to give a lot of credit to Jim Harbaugh, the defensive staff, uh, Jesse Minter. Man, what a, what a job! What a job they they've done, and those players believe and. Uh, Oh, they were playing very, very physical, very physical, offensively and defensively, very physical. And the running game, man, it was just like, boy, I'll tell you what, that's Donovan Edwards now. He was picking him up and putting him down. Washington a couple times looked like they were in mud now trying to chase this guy. Uh, he, he by far the, the quickest back on the field, and he was outrunning them, man. He was outrunning him, but I didn't understand why Harbaugh didn't go to him more. I, I understand you got the two monsters there with Blake Corum as, as well as Donovan Edwards, but, man, the way Edwards is rolling, I mean, feed the beast, right? <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be – I really thought it would be something about 24 or 31-7 there after the first two or three series if you keep hammering and feeding the beast, as you say. I'm thinking this is a blowout. Mm-hmm. Houston Nutt joins us, uh, the former former head coach and also a great tenure over at CBS Sports covering college football. Let's talk about Michigan going forward because obviously the the sidebar story, uh, which was – you know, got just as much uh, publicity as what is next for Jim Harbaugh. Is he going to come back? Is he going to go to the NFL? And then if uh, is Michigan going to uh, be sanctioned more next year? I mean, heck, got to remember, here's the first time ever that a team won a national championship where their coach missed six games due to suspension, three in the beginning and then three at the end of the regular season. I mean, it was crazy, but it just shows you how good Michigan was. And we got to give right. Jim, Jim Harbaugh credit. He's a fantastic coach. And I know there's people yeah. here in Las Vegas that would love to see him roll with the Raiders here. What is your gut feeling that, you know, two-part question here, what do you think Harbaugh decides to do? And, again, it's just an opinion here. And then the other right. thing is, what happens to Michigan going forward? Are we going to see more sanctions? If Harbaugh leaves, then what do they do as far as another coach? Yeah. Um, well, I think first thing to start with Jim Harbaugh. Again, you know, what else can you do? You know, when you win a national title and you know that they're still going to be investigating san- sanctions, and I have no inside information and no no communication with anybody there, have no idea. I'm just outside looking in, as you said, an opinion. I, I think, you know, he would go to the NFL. Uh, he, he would go coach the NFL and get away from from all those things. But, again, I don't know. Uh, winning's powerful. It's a great feeling when you see the relationship between the players and coaches last night. Uh, I've never seen Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, uh, that, that personality he had last night, the first time I've ever seen him like that. You know, sometimes he can be, be a little bit different. But last night, man, he's he letting it loose. He's putting on sunglasses and enjoying the moment. His players, they love him. And if he does leave, I do think this. I, I, I think uh, the the man, uh, was it Moore, Coach Moore, I think they'll move him right on up. The guy that was the interim head coach where, where – uh, Jim missed six games. Yep. Yep. I, met, I met him down there at the Bulls Award uh, 
uh, the assistant coach banquet, Coach Bulls Award banquet down there for the assistant coaches. And I'm going to tell you, he's class as they come now. Class, class act. And I can see uh, just the job that he's done as the interim, I could see him just making a very smooth transition, move him right on into the spot. Uh, so that's what I think. But again, I have no idea and don't have a clue and don't have any inside information, TC. Well, I'll tell you what uh, you do have a clue about, and that is the passion for a university. You had that at Arkansas. That was your alma mater. You played there. You coached there, right? And Jim Harbaugh clearly has that love for the University of Michigan. And I think that's part of the emotion that you're seeing for him because this is a, yeah. a, a place – that he still loves. He wanted to come back. He wanted to lead this program. Let's face it, they were going through some down times, especially they couldn't beat Ohio State, you know, and first few years he was there, they still had problems beating Ohio State. But he has a genuine love for this university. Yeah. So I think that is going to maybe weigh in. And I don't think it's he's anti-Michigan. I think if anything, he's maybe anti-college or anti-NCAA. I shouldn't say anti-college because – I mean, you know, he, he he loves college football. But talk a little bit about in that decision-making progress when you have a university that is your university because you went there, you coached there. How difficult is it to leave? I tell you, it's it's really difficult to leave, especially when you uh, you had the highest of highs. The thing about this game, it's the highest of high, the lowest of lows. But last night was the highest of highs. You you can't get any higher. You're uh, you're on top of the mountain, and it's the greatest feeling in the world. And um, and you can tell uh, by the coaches, the players, and so that's hard to leave. That that feeling is hard to leave in the relationships, and you know recruiting's going well, and and all of these things. The, the the players that are coming back, they're excited, and they'll be their, your best ambassadors, and so. When you when you add that all up, and you you said it, you said it. When it's your school, he he walked down the hallways. He he's walked that campus. He played there, and so now to be able to to, to hold up that championship trophy, it's 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 got to be one of the greatest feelings in the world. So how do you leave that? And the only thing to me is if if you have that conversation with your family, your wife, and everybody, and it's hey, look, we we got. We had the greatest of times. We won the whole thing. There's not much higher we can go unless we want to go duplicate that thing, which will be very hard to do. It's always hard, but uh, he probably could do it. Uh, but do you get away and say, you know, maybe maybe we need to step away because here it comes now. Here comes a lot, of, a lot more investigation, a lot more, you know, scrutiny of, of, of always asking about, uh, the the scouting, the signals, you know, stealing, and all this stuff. Do we do we turn and go get another job and start over? And so, to me, that's you know, that's the questions. But boy, it's hard. It's hard to leave, especially the atmosphere you had the other night. And here's the thing, too. I think from a Michigan Wolverine fan base, that you know they wanted him to 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 come there and coach there, and they love him. He's one of their own, right? And they stuck behind him during all this stuff because the majority of that fan base feels like, hey, man, you know, the, he got done wrong, you know, plain and simple here. So now he wins the championship, and most fan bases would say, oh, my goodness, you're going to leave us to go to the NFL, shame on you. But m- my feeling here is 
that I think if there was ever a beautiful time or an easy segue to the NFL, this is it. Because Jim Harbaugh yep. basically has kind of painted the NCAA as as the enemy, the evil, and there will probably be that Michigan fan base to say, you know what? We understand you got us our championship. You know, we understand why you're going to leave. We're not going to be mad at you. Where any other scenario, that fan base would yep. be very upset. Lyle used us to, for a stepping stone, but I don't think, that's yep. just my opinion, I don't think yep. they'd view it that way. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. Everybody's happy right now. <laughs> I work with a young man at uh, at CBS for a lot of years. His name is Jamie. That and let me tell you, he's a Michigan man, and there's happy. There's no one Harbaugh can do no wrong. The players, all that group, can do no wrong. They're put on a pedestal for life. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I'm sure, I'm, like you at Arkansas. I mean, it's the same way. You know, you're on a pedestal for life. That's it. Mm. I don't. I didn't get to hold up that national championship trophy like I wanted to, but no. But you know what? I guarantee you that there's a statue of you in the cafeteria. I guarantee that. No, 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 no. no, no. I've been there. There's not. There should be. All right, man. What do you think? So we say we say goodbye to the uh, college football playoff and this rendition of four teams. Yes, it was better than it was, and now we go to the twelve team playoff. What do you think here? Is this just going to be a clear cut thing where hey? You know, no problem going forward, or do you still think there's some kinks to work out here with the, you know, the the Power Five champions versus how many we're going to get at large teams? Because there's that debate: should it be five? Should it be six? You know, should it be you know seven? Uh, you know, at large selections. I don't know. What do, what do you think going forward here? Yeah. What are we going to see? Uh, you know. <clears throat> You never know. You know, that's the thing about this game. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's still some unknown. We're in uncharted waters now, but you'd think it'd be a, a little bit easier. But, you know, with a 12-team, 12, 12 you can bet this. That number 13 guy's going to be mad, too, just like number five was. Just like you've been hollering about – I can't believe you hadn't brought up Georgia uh, in this segment. Uh, I've been talking about <laughs> Georgia all year. They're number one, baby. Know, that's know, it. Georgia would have destroyed all of them. Uh, hey, Kirby Smart would really appreciate you saying that. You I that, promise right. you that. All right, Kirby. S- uh, send me some dog swag, Kirby. I love it. I'll, I'll sport it. <laughs> uh, but, hey, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be gonna be different. I'm just going to sit back and be like you. I'm going to be watching real close. All right, man. Uh, final thing. Uh, we talked to you yesterday. You were talking about Italiano. That was going to be the, the food of choice last night. Let's hear the rundown. Let's go. Oh, it was really good, buddy. Really good. Started out with a nice Italian salad. And then you got Randy White. You ever had any Randy White? They're called Randy White. It's ravioli with melted, beautiful melted cheddar Wait, cheese. Randy White, top. the linebacker? Is that you're talking about? The cowboy yeah, linebacker? That's right. It's named, it's named after him. Corky Campisi named it after him. Really? Because he loved him so much. And they're, they're cheese ravioli with, you can either go cheese ravioli or meatball, meat inside. I mean, unbelievable. That was great. You got to get the all the way pizza, which is big time. Uh, and then the lasagna with meatball sauce is just, it's out of this world, man. When you come down here, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take you there. No, wait a minute. You're taking me to that steakhouse. You're taking me to Hutchins yeah. barbecue. And now I, I got to be there for a week, I guess, with you. Right? I love this. Well, I know you. Hey, your travel with your basketball and all this get it. Yep. It, it can be accomplished. It can be accomplished. And the way you stay so skinny, man, it don't matter. 
man, you're you're lucky. You get to eat all you want and stay thin, man. I don't get to do that. Well, I'm not complaining about uh, the, the food. I mean, I'll, I'll 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 get three of those plays in one day if I have to. But yeah, I'm gonna have to extend, you know, my stay and make sure I I, fl- I fly in a day or two earlier. There it is. And uh, I haven't looked at our Aces schedule yet for next year. I know we got two trips to Dallas, so I'm gonna have to look at, and hopefully we got a gap in there because I need extra time with the with the H man over there. That's what I need. You need extra time. That's right. That's right. I love it. I love it, brother. All right, my friend. Well, you know, this means that we're probably going to, you know, take a deep breath and, and, and let you go for, for a while. But I don't know. I, I might have to tap into you, man. I might have to tap into you a little more often, you know? It's basketball season, my man. Let's go. I know, see, because you can talk basketball with the best of them, too. All right. Oh, there we go. How about those Missouri Tigers? Give us an update real quick. How's our boy Dickie doing over there? Dickie Nutt. Man, they're 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 uh they're just now gonna get into SEC play. They got to play a little bitty team tonight called uh, Kentucky Wildcats at oh. Rupp Arena. Oh, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, they miss Kobe Brown and they miss uh, uh, Hodge, the shooter. They that's two NBA guys. They miss those two guys. But uh, hey, Dennis Gates will get it done, man. I'm a believer in Dennis Gates. All right, that is uh, tonight. There go- we got action here. We got New Mexico taking on UNLV tonight, and as Houston said, uh, they got uh, uh, Kentucky playing the Missouri Tigers tonight. All right, yeah. we're looking for yeah. that. That's in Lexington, and uh, Houston. Just to let you know, uh, Kentucky's an eleven and a half point favorite. Take them wow. Tigers. Take them Tigers plus yeah. the points. Right, right, right. Be sure to tell Jay now. My, my, my. My Michigan pick. I didn't quite get thirty nine, but we let him off to got thirty four points. Be sure to tell him we got close. I'm sure. I'm sure he's listening now, brother. You know, he really kind of questioned me. Are you? He kind of. Houston, you really think Michigan can score thirty nine? Hey, that's just Jay. That's just Jay. He's like giving me the business. He's rubbing into me last night, and I'm looking at him while we're sitting on the couch eating last night. I'm going, you had the same side I did, and he just laughed and goes, "Yeah, but I didn't lose any money." Ha ha ha! I, I said, "You can you can exit anytime you want." So there, that's Jay. That's just Jay. He likes to give us all a bad time. But I tell you what, man, he loved being on with you. He was pre, uh, praising the rewards of you, and we talked all all about all about the coaching and the uh, and the and the option and the veer, the, all that's of that with I, you. I, I wanted to ask him so bad. I didn't really know that was him, man. Yeah. And uh, I think we had the same quarterback coach, Don Grove. Okay. I think we had the yeah. same one, man, and. and uh, I'll tell you what, boy, Jay had a great career. He did. did a good job. He did. All right, and like us, he can eat too. Remember that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, Houston, take care, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, man. See you. There Bye-bye. he is, my guy, Houston Nutt, CBS Sports. Again, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Boise State, Murray State. Got to get them all in there. We come back, Paul Gutierrez. I guarantee you there's going to be a breakdancing reference. Catch your dreams before they slip away Dying all the time Lose your dreams